Principal Matters Podcast, episode 282. Hi, friends. This is Will Parker, host of Principal Matters, the school leaders podcast, where each week we bring you inspiring, innovative, and imaginative ideas for your own school leadership. This week, we're talking about building parentships with my special guest, Dr. Kyle Palmer. Dr. Kyle Palmer is the Executive Director of Human Resources for the Center School District of South Kansas City, Missouri. And before this transition, he spent the previous years as principal of a nationally recognized Lewis and Clark Elementary in Liberty, Missouri. Kyle began his career as a fourth grade teacher in Ankeny, Iowa in 2000. In 2013, he was named the Distinguished Principal for the Clay Platt Region of Missouri Association of Elementary School Principals. And under his leadership, Lewis and Clark was designated as a national model PLC school by Solution Tree. He is the author of a new book, Parentships in a PLC at Work, Forming and Sustaining Home School Relationships with families. Dr. Kyle Palmer, welcome back to Principal Matters. I can't wait to talk to you about your new book, but before I do, why don't you fill in the gaps on that intro? And sometimes I like to ask guests to tell listeners something that they might be surprised to know about you. Oh boy, thank you, Will. Excited to be here with you today. And yeah, to be back with you. I had the honor of doing a podcast with you a couple of years ago and and uh, enjoy learning from all your different podcast guests and and hopefully I can provide some learning today um, for everyone. Um, I did something about me. I grew up on a I grew up on a farm in Central Iowa, um, so I've I've you know been around what true collaboration looks like from the family level from for a long long time. And and growing up on a farm taught me tons of of needed work traits that have, that have carried me through my life. And um, my wife is a principal as well. Uh, we have four beautiful children, uh, Carson, Claire, Cal, and Kaufman. Uh, so we, we range from a senior in high school down to a kindergartner starting off his educational journey. So uh, we've, we kind of go the whole gamut and we've, we're getting ready to send our oldest off to KU in the fall. He's going to be a, he's going to be a Jayhawk and, and Lawrence. And so we're um, starting to try to mentally prepare ourselves for, for sending one off um, out of the, out of the nest next fall. Wow. Kyle, you guys are busy. We are and busy. I, I can't imagine having the, that young and that old all up and down the line, one heading yep. to college, one still just your baby. Yeah. You were a guest on this program episode 141 in February of 2019. And it's just so fun to circle back because I'll be honest with my listeners. I reached out so fast when I saw this new book coming out, because I remember when you and I spoke a couple of years ago, when Mm -hmm. you had the genesis of this idea. And I was so intrigued then at, because I don't think I have ever read a book that's focused on partnering with parents in the professional learning community process. And so I just, I'm so excited to finally get to talk to you about this in the context of how much time you've taken to just think this through and write out these ideas and share practical ideas and strategies for leaders. So let's just start here first. You're an education veteran, a former teacher, former principal, and now you've worked in central office supporting the work of schools. So what motivated you to, to write this book? 
I was, I was fortunate. Like I said, you know, grew up on a farm. I grew up in that with, with parents who, who fully supported what the school was, was wanting to do. And if I if I came home and said, you know, mom and dad, I got in, I got in trouble today. Well, then they're like, well, then what did you do? And, and usually the, usually the discipline was twice as much at home than it would, it would have, would have been at school. Uh, you know, just parents who are very supportive um, and who really, who really supported what the school was trying to do for us as youth and growing up and, um, you know, as a teacher and, and then as a principal at, at Lewis and Clark for 10 years, I just, you know, you started seeing, at least for me, kind of a decaying of that relationship between parents uh, and teachers. A lot of this work, like you mentioned, the genesis of these ideas was really the time that we had talked there about three years ago. It really kind of started off as, wouldn't it be great if, if parents could understand the perspective of what a, a teacher's life is like, what the teacher is trying to do? that would help them understand more. And, and wouldn't it be great if teachers had some empathy and some understanding of, of how difficult it was to be a parent and, and try to support, but a lot of times parents don't know how to support or what to support other than just kind of volunteering their time or sending in, you know, something for the Valentine's day party or whatever it may be. So that was kind of the genesis of the idea. And, and quite frankly, when the, the when, March of 2020 came around and everyone knew what happened at that time. I said, I'm going to, I'm going to no more excuses. I'm going to take the time during the kind of the shutdown at that time and write this book. And, and I, you know, did a lot of that through the, those first six months and kind of got the ball rolling quite a bit and, and then was, was able to kind of finalize things here in the last year or so, but just that, that decaying relationship, the, you know, working with new teachers and in my HR role, one of the top things new teachers are concerned about or stressed out about is just dealing with parents. The, they don't want to call parents. They're worried about calling parents. They want to email. They, you know, they've heard about that parent or this parent. Um, and a lot of the concerns really rise for new teachers on what does that look like with parents? Uh, so I, I saw it through that lens as well. And, and just knowing with the parents that I had and the parent I've tried to be, because I've worn this parent hat too for all these years. And it was a, it was an absolute honor to be not only the principal at Lewis and Clark for 10 years, but I was also a parent at Lewis and Clark for 10 years. So I've, I've had that dual role of, of, of parent and principal for, for all those years. It just always made me think, are we meeting the needs of our parents? Are we meeting the needs of our teachers? And wouldn't it be great if we could just get them more on the same page working together to support the student. I really like, by the way, the cover of your new book, because you've got the word partnerships and it's crossed out and in place you have parentships, which that's such a clever way to grab uh, attention toward the theme of your book. So let's stay there for just a moment because I'm just curious, Kyle, as you're, as you're working with educators on ways that they can embed parentships into their communities, what what kinds of ideas do you share for stimulating better parentships or partnerships, however you want to put it? Yeah, I'm not a I'm not a real clever or creative person on most accounts, but I was I was kind of proud of kind of that epiphany I had about halfway through or a third of the way through. I'm like, you know, I keep saying partnership, partnership. What what we're really to really bring in the the connection to the parent 
it became parentship. And so it just kind of took off from there and it seemed and solution tree really liked it. And they kind of gravitated towards that idea and, and just, you know, I'll probably give a, a bigger shout out later to solution tree, but they're just everyone you work with there, you know, the graphic designers, the, who did the cover, who does all the work behind the scenes are phenomenal. And mm-hmm. I can't take any credit for the actual design of the cover other than the, the kind of the working title of that, you know, it, it really kind of comes back to, you know, what we call the education triangle, you know, in, in a, in a PLC, in a professional learning community, there's so much focus on the, the students and with the work that the staff is doing together. Of course, we know that truly the collaboration and the culture that needs to be in place is every, every staff member, um, in the building is responsible for being a part of that PLC, supporting student learning, um, taking care of our social emotional needs of our kids. And really the idea is how can we, how can we leverage parents in that as well? And if, when you, when you bring parents into it, then you've got kind of your apex of students, of, of, of teachers, and now of parents. So that becomes that education triangle. And, you know, parents are the kids' first teachers. I mean, from a, from when they're born until we get them to school, that learning is coming from parents uh, and, and preparing their kids for school. And, and parents know their kids better than anybody does, or they, at least they should, and, and most times do. So how can we, how can we leverage that relationship with, with teachers and, and really break down those barriers that seem to be in place on why teachers don't reach out to parents, why they they're afraid to, or they're nervous to, or they're anxious to. So it really comes back to understanding the research on the kind of that decaying relationship that's in place that's been happening, and then really establishing this understanding of what this education triangle is and how it, it all the ways that it can be positive to involve parents in, in the, the learning of the student. I'm really glad you said that, Kyle. And, you know, you and I both have a, a good history with Solution Tree. They did uh, my second book, Messaging Matters. And it's so interesting because looking back now on my relationship, they really helped guide me towards the outcome of student-teacher community and and how the messaging of a school leader needs to resonate within all of those spheres. And so, so I'm really glad that you brought up that triangle idea because I think so often as leaders, we are often most focused on what's right in front of us which obviously is student learning or supporting those who directly affect student learning, which is our teachers. But I think sometimes because parents aren't central in this, they're not in front of us as much as teachers and students are, we forget the powerful role that they play in those learning outcomes too. And and sometimes I think we may either misjudge or undervalue the power that parents can play in those roles too. And I think you see that the most when you step into different kinds of schools. I think sometimes you can step into an environment, a school that has strong parent support and not even be aware of how strong that school's culture is as a part of that community too, until you're in a place where you don't have strong parental involvement. And then you can really sense the, um, the vacuum of the, of that, of that influence and of that help as well. And so I, I know leaders right now are kind of swimming in a strange world politically this year. It seems like it never before have I seen schools become kind of the, the focal point of so much culture war. And, and so now you even see 
sometimes principals or teachers even more concerned about reaching out to parents. But in your book, you're you're asking folks to go deeper. And so let's talk about that. What are some strategies and ideas that you share with educators on ways where they can leverage those important relationships? Yeah, the when I when I wrote this book and started this book and and really completed most of this book, you know, about six months ago, and then you you kind of go through the whole process of of publishing, which I've learned a lot about that whole process through this. I didn't I didn't really ever imagine, you know, I was talking about research and where things were at, you know, a year and a half, two years ago. Never did I imagine where we would be at like right now with what you said with, you know, there's almost it's almost parent enragement, you know, um, that what you see on the media or, the, you know, you talk about the culture wars or whatever it may be. Um, you know, when you look at it because of COVID, because of the protocols and the safety measures that we're putting in place, we've, as schools have basically said, don't come in for two years, you know, since COVID started in 2020. So I never, that didn't really sink into me until I started kind of putting everything together here that my book would be coming out, you know, releases on March 4th, uh, get your copy now from Amazon or Solution Tree. Sorry for the shameless plug there. Um, but it's such an important time to bring this conversation back up. And instead of having parent enragement, how can we have parent re-engagement really um, to, to build back those bridges with parents? And, and, and again, I, I don't, I'm not faulting the schools or anyone because we, we said no visitors in buildings and how can we, you know, how can we cut down exposure to COVID? And, and we've had to do all these things because we thought that was the safest thing to do. But what in turn has happened is that we've we've kind of shut the door to parents um, when we need parents more now than ever and and yeah politically I don't want to get into the you know the anger at this or the school board meetings or whatever it may be I, I think it's there's parents want to have a voice and they need to have a voice um, and they need to they don't just need to have a voice they need to be a voice meaning. Even I, you know, what we do some surveys, we get some feedback. What do you think about this? But it wasn't really giving parents a voice to in how the school is going to operate with the mission, with the vision, with what's really, really important to the matters of their kids. They're, they're, that's their that's their pride and joy. That's yeah, you're gonna you you if a parent believes that you're doing something wrong with their kid, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna show some emotion. They're gonna they're gonna kick back a little bit, but what if we understood that that's what they're going to do? That's they love their babies. They love their kids. They they're just looking for the for the best, you know, for the best for the kids. But what if we could establish what I call a parentship success team? Um, you know, and in some ways it may, maybe takes your PTA or your PTO team that you have. And instead of planning carnivals and festivals and fundraisers, what if this group of parents like has a voice? I mean, a, a more of a voice and they. They talk about, you know, the purpose of the building and the, the purpose for their kids. And, and they, they give some really deep uh, feelings and thoughts and opinions about the work that should be getting done. You asked about strategies. What if, you know, we have, we have norms for teams. We have norms for the staff. It's probably time to have some norms for the parents as well and how that interaction happens with, you know, with a meeting or with an event or, with communication, 
because you, you do see this, you know, kind of hot tempered response from some people. I, I think norms go so far in establishing what our actions should, should look like. And I think norms would be one of those strategies that I talk about in the book um, where we just set it out. We're, we're not going to get angry. We're not going to call and, you know, curse somebody out on the phone. Cause I I've been on, I've been on several of, of the, the receiving end of those phone calls as well. It's not, it's not healthy. We're established the fact that we're here for our kids. That's kind of goes back to what's understand what the parent role is, the teacher role is, you know, and how can we work together the best way to do that? But that I was talking to, I'll get, I'll get some, I'll give some credit to my good friend, Eric Francis. Um, he was talking about, you know, this whole parent enragement versus parent and re-engagement and, and I don't want to see parents enraged. I don't want to, I also don't want to see where it, it seems like parents are, you know, kind of getting kicked out of the school, the school setting. And, and just the last thing I'll say is not all parents can give a hundred dollars to the school fundraiser. Not all parents can donate, you know, a box of chocolates for every student in the class. Not every, not every parent can come up and set up for parent teacher conference meals or run the booster club, or, you know, you know, we've got, you know, parents who spend tons of time supporting their son's football team or their basketball team. And some parents don't have all that time or the money or, you know, resources to do that. But those parents still have a voice, a voice that matters for, for the school. And, and if we truly believe that their voices matter, then we'll, we'll invite them in and make them a part of the school too, because, it's there. It's just, it's a parent school too. It's it's not just ours. It's it's the parent school too. Thanks for going deeply on that, Kyle, because I appreciate that. And and kudos to Eric Francis for coming up with that phrase because that's the first time I've heard that. The importance of parent engagement versus parent enragement. And you're right. If we don't take advantage of the opportunity to stay engaged with the population that, frankly, we have asked to step back in terms of their engagement in our schools, then that void is going to be filled somewhere else. And, and no matter what we think about the crazy politics that, that we're facing right now as schools, the answer cannot be an us versus them mentality, because if that becomes the norm, if that's the norm, then we're not going to see any kinds of outcomes. You said a couple of things I want to come back to. You talked about the importance of, of, moving beyond, you know, financial um, contributions or fundraisers or festivals, which can still be important parts, but, but looking for what input from parents can, can also influence the voice, the purpose, the vision, and the outcomes for, for schools. And, and I, I'm kind of listening, imagining, I'm imagining the, the voice of principals right now who are listening to this going, oh, how do I even have time? I, I don't even have time to get in classrooms or engage with my kids. What ways can I find to better engage with parents? So let's just stay there for a minute because what are some ways for folks in this new environment? And, and in some ways with, at least at the date we're speaking with some of the numbers going down on COVID, who knows if it's gonna be that way three months from now or six months from now, but at least right now, there seems to be a better opening for opportunities to re-engage with people. So what advice would you have for leaders who are just looking for ideas on ways to engage parents or, or to invite that kind of connection? I think it would start with, you know, cause I think most schools have a PTO or a PTA. That, that was kind of the advice I put in the book was just start with that group. That's, 
I think you've got, you know, that's, that's already kind of an identified list of parents who want to be engaged, who want to be supportive, who have the time to do that. And in a lot of ways, it's just making that relationship much, much deeper instead of, Hey, can you guys pay for a popcorn day for the school? You know, it's more like, I want to know what your beliefs and thoughts are on what we're doing here in a school or, or I think just, um, getting the parents to understand more of what a professional learning community is. I think, uh, I think a lot of questions parents ask because they don't, they don't get what we're trying to do. You know, they don't get that we're trying to hold kids accountable and now it's going to teach them some responsibility. Um, they, all they see is that their kid got in trouble, you know, well, well there's, there's a reason why we talk through those situations and, and try to have a student be accountable. It's not to make you mad or, or get the person in trouble. It's, it's to learn some lessons. I think, again, we could all get uh, kind of on the same page about. I, I understand the time, and but there's such a valuable resource out there. I think, you know, the principal, it, I've offered an idea in there to, you know, maybe pay a teacher a stipend if, it, if you have a teacher leader who wants to take over some of that. Uh, I think we all have engaged parents who want to be a part of it. Again, just, but be more of a meaningful part than just a someone who can pay money or donations or whatever it may be. But um, you know, like there's a recent idea, I wish I would have put this in my book, but there's a big wave right now of, of, of hearing some schools who are asking their parents to come in and sub or volunteer and cover classrooms because of the sub shortage and the workforce shortage. They're really tapping into their parents to, hey, say when you, you come drop, drop off your kindergartner in class, why don't you, you want to stay for a while, you want to help with lunch, you know, with, you ever heard, thought about being a paraprofessional? You know, it's really tapping into that, you know, resource. So, so yeah, just like with any initiative, and I, I kind of walk through and provide, a, I think, a really good reproducible here on how to help you with initiatives that you're wanting to implement. Again, I, there's, I know there's a lot of things going on, but I think this one is, is trying to connect back to such a valuable, valuable resource that we have with our parents and families that we've really gotten away from. So I think the, the initial time on the forefront will really lead to a lot of success on the back end, knowing that there's so much more resource and, and support there. But I, I understand it's, it's just like with anything, there's, there's a time commitment to get all that started. Well, there is, but what I like about your suggestions, and of course, you know, in your background in elementary and mine in secondary, I'm thinking also from that secondary perspective, um, sometimes you have access to booster clubs or organizations that are supporting your teams or your band or your FFA. And my question would be, how are you leveraging those? Because some, sometimes you just let your teachers run those or coaches run those. But I would bet that most of those organizations would welcome an opportunity to have you in the room as a leader, and especially if you're opening the conversation with the question of, I just want your feedback. I want your input on what things you feel like are going well, things that we could be doing better and how we could be better serving your students. I'm also curious, because I know we are doing this by audio. So when you talk about that reduce that uh, reproducible that's gonna be available in your book on initiatives, um, uh, can you, can you unpack that a little bit more, Kyle, in terms of ways that um, ideas that you share with leaders of some other ways that they might be able to take the next step? Uh, absolutely. The, um, you know, kind of back to what you just talked about, um, there is 
a strategy I offer in here called being a career navigator. Um, and that's really tapping into the, 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 the parents that you have in your school community that have so much to offer that they probably didn't even think about before. So again, going back to your traditional, I'm just going to say traditional PTAs or PTOs might be, you know, you know, those parents who have a lot more time on their hands or whatever it may be. We don't, we don't think about the fact that, uh, you know, all these parents who have these different careers, you know, they might, they might be, a, a you know, a plumbing or electrician or a computer networker, um, entrepreneur. Um, there's so many different opportunities out there. Uh, one of the strategies we talk about is, is getting, you know, those getting a list of those types of parents who could become experts and sharing with, you know, especially high school students who are, who are exploring career fields or what they want to do post-secondary. Um, do they want to go to college? Do they need to go to college? I mean, that's, as a, as a parent of a senior, we've had a lot of those conversations the last couple of years. And I mean, four years ago, I would have said that my kids are all going to college. There's no, there's no two ways about it. Um, now I'm saying, I mean, is there, there's a lot of opportunities out there to, to get a really great paying job and go to a technical school for a year or two and, and maybe not do the four-year traditional college. So there's, there's lots of great opportunities out there, but look how many parents we have there that could provide some expert analysis and experience based on what they have done. And, and I know that's probably more geared towards secondary, but I can tell you when I was, you know, when I was still at Lewis and Clark and we would do our big PBL units, we were calling in parents to come talk to fifth graders and fourth graders and third graders and second graders. So I think those resources are there for, for everyone. And, and, and the one thing to say about this too is, is this book became so important because when I first started writing this book, I would, I would contact and call. And that's probably even why, you know, I made contact with you and other people. And I talked to people all across the country and I would ask them, well, what are you doing to really connect with your parent community around this topic or this area? And it was crickets, you know, I, I don't know, you know, we, we email out, we send out a newsletter, you know, so it became very clear to me that it wasn't just a collection of what are people doing all across the country to connect with their parents and their families. There was a very big need to provide some strategies for school leaders to be able to do this. So, you know, you kind of asked about the time before. I hope that the, because the book is kind of broken up in two parts. The first one is, the first part is, a lot of the research behind this, what does this parentship success team look like? How can you create a mission and a vision and values for your parentship team? How do you kind of set the foundation for what this is going to look like? And then the second part of the book is all about strategies, um, strategies that I may have taken from something else or someone else and change this or change that. But a lot of the strategies were kind of put together on what I believed would work in schools the kind of the career navigators was an example of that, you know, taking the idea to take norms, you know, we've always thought of norms as just a, a school team or a teacher team to use norms, but we need norms for what it looks like for, for all this, for parentships, for uh, the, you know, the parent family connection with the schools, all these different examples of where we need to define what the behaviors are going to look like. Uh, we need norms for. So it, it, sometimes it's just taking an idea and just applying it a little bit differently. Um, 
for this as well. But I mean, basically the, I call it a, a planning, implementing and monitoring tool um, for, for kind of progress strategy. So it kind of just is a reproducible that lays out of what strategy are you going to choose to do? Um, is it a school-based strategy or a team-based strategy? Because I have uh, examples of both. Um, and then what resources do you need? What, what action steps will, will take to implement the strategy? Um, and I think such a, I, I, you know, what I love about this part is what could you stop doing to make time? So I was very intentional about getting leaders to be thinking about, kind of back to your time question, what can I stop doing to allow more time for this implementation to, to build the collaboration with families? Because I know it's, it's easy to just keep piling initiative on top of initiative on top of initiative, where we need to think more about what can we stop doing to allow some time to do that. Um, and just I, my last part of this reproducible is what are signs of positive impact? So I phrased it in that way, just as kind of an accountability measure as a way to, to see if the implementation is working. And if, it's, if it is great, if it's not, why not? Um, but just to be always cognizant of signs that the implementation is having positive effects. That's really powerful, Kyle. And I'm trying to make sure I have a mental picture of that. What was the number one on that list again? Just to, to select the, the strategy that you want to use. Select so like strategy. So, yeah, that's great. Yeah. So you've got selecting strategy, understanding if, it's, if you're using a school-based or team-based approach, and then unpacking your resources, your, your actions, and what you're going to get off the table so that you can provide opportunity for this to take place. And then looking for evidence that what you're doing is working. And what I love about that is that it's not just helpful suggestions, but you're also giving a tool for someone to sit down and, and just really map out what are my intentions here, but how can I put actions to my intentions? So I'm curious, since this book is built around parentships and a PLC at work, do you have any suggestions in the book of ways to involve parents in some of the work you're doing with your PLCs or data, or is that, is, is there, is your view of them more of a support role or do you, do you ever picture like unpacking some of the layers of data that you're looking at with, with student learning? The idea of essential standards, you know, we, essential standards are so important because it helps you, uh, build your guaranteed and viable curriculum, but communicating those with your parents. Uh, maybe not, they didn't, maybe weren't helping to build it. And I don't really ever get into like parents deciding curriculum and, and that type of thing. Um, but how can we communicate that better to parents? How can we help them understand what a guaranteed and viable curriculum is? How can we help them understand that we've got 37 standards to teach in fourth grade math, but we really need them to know these eight or 10 things. So that is the more the important part. And I know, you know, cause I've thought about this the last month or six weeks as I keep hearing these crazy stories about, you know, parents who want to start dictating curriculum. I'm not, I don't go anywhere near that kind of stuff. It's just, how do we, how do we help build a stronger relationship between, between the, the parents, students and, and teachers. Um, so that's, that's what I would say. 
great, great work. Well, I know that um, I want to encourage listeners to reach out for a copy of your book, and I want them to be able to connect with you too, because I know that you also provide professional learning in PLCs and RTI and parent communication and connection. So um, tell listeners how they can stay connected with you, Kyle, and how they can uh, get connected with your resource. Yeah, the the uh, my my Twitter handle is at Dr. Kyle Palmer, uh, so they can they can do that through Twitter. Like my Instagram is K Palmer Four, uh, so just the four meaning my four beautiful wonderful kids that I have. Uh, and you can also you go to the Solution Tree website, uh, and you could you know if you were interested in bringing me into your school or community to discuss to a deeper level the implementation of you know increasing and improving your parentship. Uh, you just contact Solution Tree and to uh, to request the work that I could come in and do with you and your district. Um, but and then my book is it's available on Amazon as well as at the Solution Tree website. I think it's just SolutionTree.com. Uh, it's also you know I have my author's page on Amazon now, and you can go uh, search the title and find that on Amazon as well. And then it should start shipping out on March fourth. Uh, so we're counting down the days, and and I'm really really excited. Um, for that opportunity for the to for the book to come out and 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 for all of this it's it's to help it's to help others it's to help uh, communities across the country um, just improve what I think is a great resource. Well, the book is Parent Ships in a PLC at Work: Forming and Sustaining Home Dash School Relationships with Families by Dr. Kyle Palmer. Dr. Palmer. Thank you so much for putting together this resource that's going to be helpful for leaders as they think about going deeper, not just in the work that they're doing as a professional learning community with their students and their teachers, but also embedding parents into that vision and that idea and engaging them and asking them what kind of outcomes that they're seeing. This is a, a book that's going to be rich with resources and ideas, and I can't get wait to get a hold of my copy. So I'm looking forward to uh, jumping in March 4th uh, to that offer as well. But I appreciate all that the work that you're doing and Principal Matters listeners. Thank you for taking time to learn together this week because what you do matters. We'll talk to you again soon. You can find other free resources like this one at my website at williamdparker.com.